Welcome to the Modern MBA podcast with Marie Kerwin and Kristen Rossi. Our mission is to help MBAs coming from, going into, or merely considering more unorthodox career paths. We're a community to find inspiration and share stories. Today on the podcast, we are speaking with Serena. She holds an MBA from Sheffield University and has expertise in marketing and communication. She shares with us her experience doing the MBA, her career journey, and why she's passionate about ethical marketing. Can I ask you first of all just to introduce yourself? So tell us your name, where you're from, and where you did your MBA. Right. Uh, so my name is Sorana. I am a British-Romanian expat um, with um, great experience in marketing and communications. Um, and I did my MBA at Sheffield University. Um, I wouldn't like to say the year specifically because it will be quite unbelievable for some but I have started in 2010 and I have graduated in 2021 so there's a story behind it. (laughs) Excellent well congratulations and we're going to come to that story shortly Um, but first of all I'm just going to go back to your uh, your earlier career so you started um, you worked a lot in the marketing and event space and I'm Mm -hmm. just wondering if you can tell us a bit more about what drew you to that. Mm-hmm. Um, my first role in, in from university actually uh, was in the advertising sector back in Romania, where I'm originally from in Transylvania. And what I really enjoyed was working for various clients in various sectors. So my main focus in the first four or five uh, years of my career was really to gain as much market experience and marketing knowledge from various sectors as ultimately I believe that um, marketers can really connect the dots and uh, support their clients with insights from other sectors. Fantastic and I agree with you it's such a it's such a like good like foundational kind of commercial skill to have I think and I just Mm -hmm. think you, you kind of learn so much don't you from from being in that space early on in your career. Oh yes absolutely. Um, and then from the advertising sector, I moved into media and advertising because whilst I was doing marketing for my clients, I was purchasing space in uh, newspapers, magazines, radio, TV, and then online. So it was really great to be on the other side of the of the field, if you want, where I actually work in the med- media space, uh, selling that um advertising space to clients um so being in these two capacities again gave me even more knowledge into um all the spectrums of the of the marketing cycle fantastic and so tell us about you as you mentioned your mba journey started back in in 2010 so just tell us a little bit about kind of how you um how you got there um and what kind of what it was that that made you want to uh, to start an mba Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm originally from Transylvania. However, I moved to Bucharest, our capital city, in 2007. And by 2010, I was a marketing, a deputy marketing director for Adebaru Holding, managing a seven million budget marketing spending per year, and a team of five or six brand managers at the time. And I felt that it was such a, a beautifully rounded role where I could benefit with even more leadership insights. I really wanted that um, experience that an MBA can provide in becoming a better manager 
um, and um, collaborating um, in a more effective way with all the other departments, sales, financial, etc. So I thought an MBA would be at the right stage of my career back in 2010. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think it's that that driver is there for a lot of people, isn't it? That desire to get that that more rounded experience. Mm-hmm. Precisely. So uh, from a financial point of view, we all know that MBAs can be quite expensive um, if they are funded privately, if they are sponsored by a company, even better. There is a string attached, though, to that second option whereabouts you kind of commit to work for the company for the next two years. So if you are aligned and you feel established and in a good place with that company, it's a great opportunity. In my case, um, there was an opportunity to apply for a full scholarship and I stumbled across this advert uh, online uh, while I was doing some extra work on a Friday night. Um, I applied. um, I had to do a very quick a project and obtain two referrals. So once my application was submitted, in a few weeks, I received a, an email saying that I am the full scholarship recipient of uh, an award uh, issued by the University of Sheffield from the UK. That's amazing. Congratulations. That must have made it. Because um, as you say, the, you know, the financial realities of doing an MBA, it is really expensive and it must have been great to, to be able to get that support. Oh, yes. It, it felt quite surreal at the time. Um, it was probably the largest amount of funding that I've ever gained in any shape or form of price or funding. I think it was about £34,000. So I was very, very fortunate and very, very grateful for the opportunity. And so tell us a bit about the program itself, um, because you had quite a a, a different kind of setup, I guess. So just tell us a bit about how the program worked and your experience. Sure. So the regular, the setup, um, as it is available for every uh, candidate, is that Um, The university uh, professors come to Bucharest, in my case, Um, they taught the topics um, at a conference hall. In in my case, it was uh, a hotel, the Hilton, uh, no plugs, (laughs) Um, on on the duration of a whole weekend throughout what it was two years, basically. So we would um, receive all that knowledge uh, and then take the exams uh, every month and go through all the subjects year by year. The first year was structured more on the on generic business and then the second year was specialized on marketing, which was my major. Um, I've successfully passed all the exams uh, and thoroughly enjoyed uh, all the weekend sessions. And they did require quite a high amount of dedication because at 27 years old, you have life, you have work, you have your personal commitments. So to be there one weekend per month for two years really required quite a lot of uh, dedication. Yeah, absolutely. And I always, you know, we always say this when we interview people who've done executive or distance learning programs, but it's a real, it's a massive commitment to take on something along t- alongside your work. I mean, yes, a full time MBA, okay, you kind of change your life for a year, but it's you get to kind of just focus on it purely. Whereas what you're trying mm-hmm. to do is I, I personally think it's, it's more more difficult. Yes, yes, I, I think both um, options have 
pros and cons. In my case, um, I really appreciated being able to continue my work without uh, having to stop fully for, for the purpose of the MBA. But I did have to put on hold any personal commitments and travels, etc., that would normally take place at the weekend. And obviously, the assignments uh, were something that you would have to put quite a few hours towards, study, then prepare the written assignment and submit it. And uh, last but not least, both these two years had a in-person session, one in Sheffield delivered over two weeks and one in uh, Thessaloniki in Greece. Um, so we had that beautiful uh, scholar experience um in 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 actual in the actual university which was great yeah that's amazing like and I think people don't always realize that distance learning programs a lot of them for MBAs they do incorporate that face-to-face element and I just think it's so important Mm -hmm. absolutely and speaking of face-to-face to your point we also had a a practice uh session for a duration of three days in Sheffield attending um a number of meetings um, with with um, companies that were based in Sheffield, we visited a few companies and we got to sit down um, and take part in their meetings and kind of simulate as if we were interns, if you want, for a duration of three days, which was quite cool at the end of the session of the of the program. That's amazing. That sounds really um, yeah. That sounds really interesting. Um, and just again, what a great kind of like practical experience as well, which is obviously really what what MBAs are all about. Exactly. Exactly. And so kind of tell us about what happened next, because you relocated to the UK. Mm -hmm. Yes. So the romantic story is that the UK chose me when they granted me the MBA scholarship. And then I chose the UK when I decided to move here, despite the fact that my whole family uh, lived in in the US. Still still does. (laughs) So I was the kind of the black sheep that decided to take another course and I went where, you know, my heart was was calling me and that was the UK. Fantastic. And it's lovely that it kind of, as you say, you know, the the UK kind of chose you with your your scholarship and your, your MBA journey. And so tell us about how you managed your relocation, um, and the, um, and, and your MBA studies. Mm -hmm. Um, so I chose to finally move to the UK in 2015. Um, I really loved my uh, MBA experience. I have managed to make great friends, personal connections, professional connections, and it felt like the right step to to take. Um, I knew I wanted to kind of, um, you know, um, get a challenge and move away from Romania. Um, And it was either the US or the UK. So once I moved to the UK, I started working in the media and advertising sector again, which made perfect sense, um, and had a couple of really lovely roles within marketing, uh, both in Kent and in London. And as you can imagine, uh, the focus was on setting myself up um, from a logistical point of view, from an administrative point of view, with all the paperwork required socially um, and, and professionally. So um, I had to put on hold the actual dissertation until a, you know a later a later date, which, funnily enough, came around two thousand and eighteen. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I think it's, I don't know, I get the impression that it's quite common with distance learning or exec programs as well to kind of, um, to have that little bit of flexibility. Um, I mean, a dissertation is, is huge. So trying to Mm. kind of balance that alongside all the other stuff that's going on in your life is not easy. And I think it's, it's really important if you're considering, you know, a a part-time program to, to kind of factor that in and think about what kind of flexibility you do get from your program. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's an excellent point. I think flexibility is key. And those MBA programs that understand that and encourage it uh, will be the ones who will have top candidates. Life is so complicated, even more so in the last couple of years, we've learned that. And um, being quite rigid uh, within the setup um, definitely wouldn't be, wouldn't be the best outcome. Um, basically, going back to 2018, Um, It felt like I was in the right frame of mind to resume the the dissertation. So I contacted the university quite shy because officially I have not received an extension. So as far as I was concerned, I thought I was kind of out of the loop. Um, And I've I've told my story um, about the relocation, about uh, other personal matters, and they very empathetically understood. and accepted me in the program. And one important note here is the fact that whilst I was a full scholarship uh, student and I didn't have to pay for anything in the first part of the of the program, in order to join, um, I had to pay a fee um, to kind of justify the the new time and the new expertise from the university professors. And I was very happy to do that. Absolutely. That makes sense. So we've been talking a bit about your dissertation um, and that's something that's actually been really influential for you in your career, um, which we'll kind of come on to in a a minute. Can you tell us just a bit more about the topic of your dissertation and and, and what you were doing? Sure. um, That's a great question. Um, So in 2018, I chose quite a generic marketing topic um, as life in 2018 was as we knew it. And um, I realized that it was so difficult to get going with it. Um, Just like you mentioned at the beginning, I was still in my, I was in my new job. And whilst I was grateful to rejoin the program, I found it very difficult to refocus. I think there's a momentum to being a student. And once you kind of get out of it, it's quite difficult to get that um, focus back. So uh, shamefully, I have put it on hold yet again until uh, the pandemic hit in 2020. Uh, and the major silver lining to that uh, grand haul was the fact that I had the opportunity to look deep down into my soul and really think, who am I as a marketer? Because after almost 15 years of experience, I finally had the time to slow down and think what really, really gave me joy in terms of work. And the answer was ethical marketing and doing marketing for purpose-driven brands. Yeah, that's such a, as you say, it's such a, it's such an interesting topic, but also I feel like it's just incredibly kind of timely as well um, in terms of everything that's kind of happened in the past couple of years and that, you know, the, the world that we're living in at the moment. Absolutely. I think I was in a, um, in a situation where I had to really stop and think, what am I using this this marketing, which is a superpower for? I could 
promote pretty much any product or service on earth if I'm a half-decent marketer. So what do I choose to use it for? And that is why I turn my focus towards the charitable sector. And I realized that due to Brexit and COVID, it was highly, highly impacted as the charitable sector themselves, um, the demand was pretty high uh, in terms of offering support. The funding was really low. Automation and having digital setup was, was again really low. They were not prepared for the, what the pandemic required, um, as well as uh, having skilled people. So with all the demand being high and, and uh, expertise being low, um, it was one of the worst hit sectors um, at the time. And so tell us a bit about how the research and the work that you've done um, is, is kind of shaping your, your career and your focus. Mm-hmm. So I've conducted my research on 22 charities in the UK through an organization called Marketing Kind. Uh, I came across um, Anna and Paul, who are the founders of this organization. And whilst I was doing my MBA and they have introduced me to uh, some of the charities that I've researched, I have actually become a founding member of Marketing Kind. Um, And under that umbrella, I have started offering uh, marketing consultancy to charities, all pro bono, all volunteering. Um, So Marketing Kind um, is still on the market. It still exists. Uh, We are actually celebrating um, just over a year now. And we have, um, I think, over 100 members at the moment. Um, And we're helping charities from all spectrums. That's amazing. And what a great way to be able to kind of use your skills and your experience and your passion as well for for marketing. Yes, I think I really, really uh, needed to feel passionate about my work. Um, Everyone that went through through the pandemic, um, I I suppose, had the opportunity to think about who they are and what they enjoy doing, what their purpose is, um, and if they managed to channel that towards something that gave them joy, I think we were all very, uh, very grateful. Um, and further down the line, I have taken my learnings uh, from uh, identifying purpose for these charities and for the, for the brand organizations that work with purpose, and I have learned how to channel that in commercially oriented organizations. So now what I have is a uh, three-step framework uh, that can be applied to any organization that needs to tap into their purpose, um, creating um, a more uh, mission-driven service or product um, and connecting much better with the consumers. And you also describe yourself um, as well as that that purpose piece. You describe yourself as well as an ethical marketer. So mm-hmm. just tell us a bit more about that and kind of um, and what is ethical marketing? How would you define it? Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, ever since the pandemic, uh, certain words such as ethical, purpose-driven, mission-driven have become buzzwords and um, I completely agree with with the fact that there is a lot of hype around it. I am um, only those who really uses uh, who use who use these words um, realistically can can truly um, support 
um, the usage with, with, with their data and with their actions. Um, in my case, uh, an ethical marketer, so I, I identify myself as an ethical marketer by the fact that I choose to uh, support organizations that do not damage the environment and the the health and safety and the mental well-being of the consumers uh, through the services and the product that, that products that they offer. That's one side of it. Another side of it would be that they actually support the mental health and the health of the users as well as uh, help the environment. So there's it's, it's one to say you don't disturb uh, those uh, that balance, and it's it's another thing to say you're actually doing something to support it and to increase its quality. And the third aspect that has to do with ethical marketing is how you do it. If we take, for instance, a bank or the financial sector, um, if I was to be a marketeer working for a financial institution, the way I would promote the bank's services has to be done in an ethical way where I match the right consumers with the right product uh, by this, I'm trying to avoid creating debt, creating uh, mental health uh, issues. Um, I'm trying to create, to avoid basically uh, people that would get loans um, and get into debt. Um, and, you know, those people would, would be in quite a bad shape. So doing ethical marketing is still supporting the brand, but doing it uh, in a way where the customers ultimately win and they, they have um, a really good benefit of the service yeah and it's very kind of you know it's really I feel like it's really only the past few years that this has started to get well arguably it's still not getting the attention it deserves but at least it is now getting kind of some attention um mm-hmm. which is kind of sad really when you think that it's, it's taken that long to to kind of develop this sort of approach Absolutely. That's, that's a great point. I think being responsible as businesses is, should be uh, a high priority. If you remember, there was a debate quite recently about banning the two-for-one offer for, for chocolate because of the obesity levels um, that, that can be affected by a, a large consumption of chocolate. Um, so there are certain practices there that were um, induced by campaigns and marketing, which could in fact generate um, negative outcomes for the benefit of the population, whilst they would generate profit. Um, in the case of ethical market uh, marketing, um, there is a purpose over profit. However, um, the actual profitability of those companies is in fact stronger because there is um, a really strong alignment between the brand and the consumers. There is a sense of trust, of loyalty. There's a sense of complicity, which in the case of the hit and run campaigns, if you want, uh, consumers will not return to the, to the same provider. Absolutely. And so one of the other um, things which I guess which is kind of related to this and which is also a really hot topic as well is diversity and inclusion. Now Mm -hmm. you did a a lot of MBA courses at a very international but I know that yours was a a particularly sort of diverse program. How do you feel that that kind of experience of diversity is is helping you in your, your ongoing career? 
that's a great question. Um, I myself um, am a dual citizen, Romanian and British, with heritage in the U.S. And through my fiancé, future-to-be husband, I have a lot of heritage in Australia. So I consider myself quite a, a global citizen. And I'm very drawn to um, very diverse and global environments. And the MBA is one of them. It really allowed me at a, at a quite a young age, um, mid-20s, to access various cultures and understand how people do business, uh, what the, the various um, nuances are, um, which, which in turn really shaped me for what a global organization is. So um, the MBA experience has actually been instrumental in supporting me in some of my senior roles with companies such as Outform or uh, AAPMM. Uh, all of those uh, were, were global organizations. Um, and I think I would not have been ready, fully ready for that experience if it hadn't been for the international MBA. No, absolutely. I, I agree with you. And I think it's... I. Yeah, I just think the the value there is, you know, so w- any of us who are lucky enough to have done an MBA, particularly the ones where that that international component is there, it's for me it was one of the the most valuable parts of the program. Of course, and and to that point, um, I think we become advocates moving forward. Um, we we see differences as a uh, as a as a joy as a blessing. I think we tend to understand and support people from various cultures, um, and we tend to celebrate those differences as unique advantages. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so you are actually you're currently looking for your your next role at the moment. So just tell us a bit about what are your plans for the future, and also how do you feel that the um, the MBA supports those as well. Hmm. Um. I am indeed looking for my next role, which uh, is a, I'm, I'm obviously, as, as I'm engaged to be married, I'm in a, a loyalty and commitment phase of my life. So I'm looking for a, um, an organization that truly aligns with my values, where um, this organization would be um, a mission-driven one. It can be either a tech for good one, or it can be an agency that works with uh, ethical customers. Um, and I'm really looking forward to honing my years of experience in marketing and communications um, under one role. Um, however, at the same time, I will continue doing my work with Marketing Kind, which is, um, again, pro bono, uh, supporting organizations from the UK, especially charities. And um, whilst I'm looking for my next role and interviewing and meeting amazing companies, um, I'm also doing some keynote speaking. I'm, I'm very fortunate to um, do a keynote uh, this Friday, actually, in Lithuania for the uh, Marketing CMO uh, Summit, um, which takes place uh, at the end of this week. Um, the topic for my keynote will be on defining purpose for your organization in my uh, three steps uh, framework. And I'm really nervous and really excited. That's fantastic though. Congratulations. What a great thing to be involved with. Thank you so much. It's uh, it's in fact my first in-person keynote delivery in front of uh, 400 people 
and uh, just to leave no room for error, it will be streamlined streamline live as well as recorded for later on in demand. So there's not much room for error. <laughs> well, I'm sure you would do a, fa- do a fantastic job. Um, and thank, thank you. you so much for talking to us today. Is there anything else that you would um, that you'd like to add? Um, yes, I think I'd like to uh, take the opportunity to encourage candidates who are considering an MBA to um, really research their options. And if they identify universities, such as uh, the Sheffield University, who have um, a really good program, and I highly recommend them, if they identify universities who allow some level of flexibility, they should totally go for it. Because um, life is always challenging, and there are always uh, um, issues that can appear. But the best um, outcome of this MBA is not necessarily my opportunity for amazing jobs, but um, the finding uh, of the fact that, one, I found my calling, and two, um, I have really worked on my resilience. And I think um, it's, a, it's a great tool to have in, in today's practice. So I, hard, I, I strongly encourage uh, candidates to pursue an MBA and to let that experience shape them for who they are today and tomorrow. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that resilience part, you know, because there are times where it does get really hard. Um, I think that that is that is really important. Um, and also your point about it not necessarily just being about, you know, amazing job opportunities as well. I was reading something earlier about how the fact that a lot of people do an MBA to progress in their current career rather than make that big change is mm-hmm. actually something that often gets forgotten. Um, and it's important to kind of realise that there's there's real sort of value in that as well. Absolutely, 100%. And there will be organizations who will hire you because you have an MBA or who will give you, um, you know, a promotion because you have an MBA to management level. However, there are also quite a lot of organizations who encourage and appreciate other ways of learning through courses, through peer learning, through projects. Uh, So an MBA is never a guarantee for a better career or better pay but it's 100% a growth exercise, one where you will meet amazing people and you will really get to, to know yourself much better. Yeah, I agree with you. In fact, I think there's relatively few employers, like particularly in Europe and the UK, where the actual qualification is is sort of hugely important. I feel mm-hmm. like it's sort of up to you to like to show them the value of it in terms of like what you do and how you perform. Yes, absolutely. We are the managers of our own careers and no one will will throw a really great job at us unless we, we really demonstrate what we can do. That's all for today's Modern MBA podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Marie. If you like this episode, remember to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And you can get access to articles and more great content by visiting our website, themodernmba.co.uk, or you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Until next time, bye!